In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Hi, and welcome to the seventh episode of the High Ground News On The Ground podcast where community leaders share with high ground news embedded journalists insight about what's moving Memphis neighborhoods forward. The podcast is powered by The Daily Memphian and the OAM Network. I'm Madeline Faber, executive editor of High Ground News, and today I'm joined by Dr. Krista Johnson. She's the executive director of All Memphis, a local nonprofit that promotes educational equity by equipping schools with an evidence-based language and literacy approach is how they explain it. But it's a lot more than that. It's, from what I understand, teaching kids who come from perhaps disadvantaged backgrounds a way of learning that better speaks to how their experiences may lead them to learn things. That's correct. Okay. So um, this is a new organization. Can you tell us a little bit about your founding and where you're located? Absolutely. So... All Memphis was founded in June of last year, of 2017. Um, myself and my co-founder, Michelle Gaines, um, branched off from a local school that we were working at to really focus on bringing this type of foundational liter- literacy skills program to schools and students that needed it most. And so what schools are you in? What parts of town do you focus this type of programming in? So we really work with the students that are in underserved communities. So North and South Memphis are the schools that we're in. Currently, we're serving all three KIPP Elementary schools and Promise Academy Hollywood campus. And so just so folks know, that's Uptown is where you're located. Also, the intersection of Elvis Presley and Norris, which I think is kind of near Whitehaven. And then you're in two schools in the Hollywood area of North Memphis. Absolutely. That's correct. And these are all charter schools? These are all charter schools. Okay. So what... What is the All Memphis Curriculum? That's a great question. So the All Memphis Curriculum is based in Orton Gil- the Orton-Gillingham approach. So the Orton-Gillingham approach is nothing new. It's been around for almost 100 years, and it's been the gold standard for teaching kids with dyslexia. Um, and so the important part of that is not that we think that the students in these campuses are all dyslexic, but but the startling statistic that it just came out is that 17% of black students in third to eighth grade are reading on level here in Memphis, and that's contrasted to 50% of the white students. And so there's a huge disparity there. And so we don't believe that the let's see, 80, no, 73% of... Don't ask me, I can't do that. Yeah, 83% of students that are not reading on grade level, we don't believe that they're dyslexic, but we do believe that they need a different approach to learning how to read. And that approach is best served by the Orton-Gillingham method. And so what we use is a very direct, explicit, multi-sensory approach to helping these students learn to read. And you call this, so I think the jump here for people to understand is that this is a method that was developed for kids who might have dyslexia or learning disabilities, but that means it's been used in schools, maybe that cater to those kids. And we're finding that more in affluent 
white schools. Absolutely. But it's a method that works for all children. Exactly. So we even have a tagline, it helps all, hurts none, transforms some. So even for that 17% of kids that are reading on grade level appropriately, the Orton-Gillingham method, the All Memphis method, is really going to be a solid phonics program for them. So we're really, um, All Memphis is works in the foundational literacy skills, so we don't really touch comprehension. But we believe that before a child can really comprehend a book, they need to be able to access the text. And so that that's what we're, what all Memphis is aimed to do. And so traditionally, this approach has been used, like you said, in the affluent communities. But we wanted, all Memphis, we wanted to bring that approach to schools that have much more limited time to be able to work with their students than, um, say, a school that caters to dyslexia. And how can we sort of manipulate the approach to be able to fit into the constraints of the public school system here in Memphis. And what I think is interesting about your approach is uh, you're just one of many groups in Memphis kind of wrapping around how do we treat or support children who have faced adverse childhood experiences. There's all this research coming out now that say that children who suffer from homelessness or incarceration of a parent or child poverty, we know that half of children in Memphis live in poverty, um, that affects their successes in education, which affects their successes in life. And so you're taking an approach that is actually informed by children who may have experienced trauma, and you've developed a way to kind of meet them where they are. Exactly. And they're learning kind of difficulties, perhaps. Exactly. So the toxic stresses of poverty, there is so much research showing how detrimental that is on learning, how it really reshapes the brain and reshapes the way a child learns. And not only the the toxic stresses of poverty, but also this population of students are growing up in not as language-rich environments as maybe their affluent peers are. And so that sort of lifespan between zero to three, so even before they hit a great program like Porter Leith or Head Start, before they even get to that, their brains are shaped differently and set up to start learning differently. And you know, we at All Memphis, we really see ourselves as bringing that trauma-informed um, sort of movement that's happening right now into Memphis into the academic um, sector. So, you know, we have created a very emotionally sound program so that when these kids that may have experienced trauma at home from all the things that you said, when they come to school, they're not experiencing more trauma in learning how to read. So when we think about trauma, we sort of the research says we don't ask what's wrong with the kid, but what happened to make them this way. And at all Memphis, we don't ask the schools, why aren't students reading on grade levels? We ask what happened to prevent students from acquiring the skills that they need to read on grade level. And we're trying to fill in those gaps. So what does that actually look like? You work with kids kindergarten to second grade. Is that right? That's correct. Because we know third grade is an important milestone in literacy, which we can get to in a second. Yeah. But like what what's taking place in the classroom? How is this different from walking kids through the alphabet, singing a song, learning to read apple, bear, cat? Right, like right. Well, so the All Memphis approach is multisensory, direct, and explicit. And so what that means is students are never... 
um, expected to sort of extrapolate learning. We teach everything very direct to them and we're very explicit. And then on top of that, we use multi-sensory approaches to incorporate all of their um, senses. So they look at their, um, I'm sorry, we use their auditory sensation to help read their visual sensation, tactile and kinesthetics. All of the senses together will help them learn the sounds and the um, to be able to decode um, which is reading and encode, which is spelling. So what, but physically, what does that look like in the classroom? Oh, okay. So physically what that looks like in the classroom. So um, the emotionally sound, let me start with the emotionally sound component. So the emotionally sound component means that we, if, if the end goal is to have a student write the word cat. So writing is sort of the most difficult task that we do on the hierarchy of um reading and writing. So it culminates all of these skills together um, into writing a word. So if our ultimate goal is to have them write the word cat, we need, um, and that requires the letters C, A, and T, right? So throughout the whole lesson, they're going to be shown the letter C, right? And we're going to end the letter A and the letter T. And we're going to ask them, what sound does it make? Identify the name of the letter. Let's trace it in the sky. Let's trace it on paper. Um, let's tap out the sounds in cat. So k, at, okay. And then I'll say to them, write the letter C. And so then they're going to get a piece of, you know, take pencil to paper and write the letter C. And then I'm going to ask them to write the letter that makes the ah sound. So it's all influencing. They're using every part of their body Abs- to understand every side of the word. Absolutely. Yeah. And then at the very end, we have set them up for success then to be able to spell the word cat. And so it reduces that experience of trauma. Whereas if you just, you know, teach ABC in song and write letters, you haven't really taught them how to put those together to get to the end goal. It's just, if there's a leap from the direct and explicit to, hey, I've taught you this, now do this with it. There's no assumptions in between with all Memphis. So you, um, you have your PhD in auditory neuroscience. You have a clinical master's degree in learning abilities. You're the best person to explain this <laughs> to third graders, which is what I'm about to ask you to do. At a third grade level, talking about this from um, just the psychological perspective, um, you know, you've shared some thoughts that kids who have experienced trauma, their brains are shaped differently, which is fascinating. They absorb information differently or might have challenges to absorbing information. Could you maybe explain how this approach breaks that down at a level that I can understand? (laughs) Well, sure. So um, see if this is what you were hoping (laughs) for here. So when I think about reading, I think of the three A's. We have acquisition, application, and automaticity. So that third grade reading, by third grade, we've really switched over from learning to read to reading to learn. And in order to pick up a book and learn from it, you need automaticity, right? You pick it up and you can read it with fluency, um, with, uh, with accuracy, and hopefully with um, understanding, with comprehension. But before you get there, you need to acquire the skill and then you need to have a chance to apply the skill. And so the application is all of that learning. How do we acquire the skill of what a letter is, what the sound with the letter is, um, how to blend those sounds together or take them apart um, in the case of spelling. 
So that's all acquisition of skills. And then we spend a whole lot of time um, towards the end of kindergarten and first grade and second grade in that second stage of application. So we know we have the skills, but how do we apply them to be able to read words um, together, how to write words, how to write phrases, um, and use those skills to then get to that application portion that they hit in third grade. And that's why you're so focused on kindergarten to second grade, because on third grade, the way kids are taught changes. Yeah. So in third grade, in most schools, the phonics block is removed. So there's no longer a block to teach kids how to read. That's why it's so essential to get them before third grade on a third grade reading proficiency level. Um, Because also a lot of the research will show that if you're not reading by third grade, you're typically not reading on grade level in ninth grade either. And um, so how are you implementing this into schools? Are you training teachers who are already employed at your charter schools? Yeah, so that's a great question. So not only do we think the All Memphis approach um, is great for the schools that we work in, but also the partnerships that we form. So not only are we instructing and teaching the students through the method that we have, but we're also working with the, we have a partnership with the schools. And so every year we have schools that are interested in having All Memphis or we go out and we talk to schools and they sign um, agreements with us and we partner with the school. And that partnership includes a summer training. So usually during in-service, we train all teachers in kindergarten through second grade. Also, they're um, ESL teachers, resource teachers, um, SPED teachers. We train them in our approach at the beginning of the year. And then throughout the year, they get an ongoing mentorship from a partner school specialist at All Memphis. So one of the things that I like to say is we're, you know, going to a training class is great and you get really energized about what you learn, but then you go back to the classroom and you might say, what did she tell me about how to, so they get ongoing support. Exactly. And so they get a full year of ongoing support um, that is aimed to develop the teachers in the approach so that that by the end of the year, they can work towards an All Memphis certification. And um, what are those early successes that you found? Obviously, you've been around for, you know, just a year and a half. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And so our data from the first year that we were All Memphis, we served just over 500 students in our first year. And we had some really exciting data in our, particularly in our kindergarten students. So our kindergartners showed growth that they hadn't shown the year before when they were um, a school without All Memphis. Um, The growth that we were looking at was primarily in the MAP assessment, which is the statewide testing that all of the schools use. And we had something um, like 28% more children were reaching their proficiency levels in kindergarten than they were the year before without using All Memphis. So that was really exciting for us to see. And what are your expansion plans? Um, So, you know, that's a great question because we really um, struggle with expansion plans because what we want to do is prove our model to with a large number of students with a lot of data to be able to then expand into hopefully Shelby County schools. And so in the next three-ish years, 
what our goal, sort of our strategic goal at All Memphis is to really perfect our model and collect that data so that we can show large scale improvement and quite frankly, what our goal is, the improvement on third grade reading. Um, so right now we're focused on staying with schools um, that will agree to be with us for three years so we can collect that data. We're also in conversation with some schools who cater maybe to the fourth and beyond grade population, and they've seeked us out because they said um, – wow, it's great that you get the young kids and get them before they fail, but what about the kids that we have that are already failing? Um, so we sort of are contemplating whether or not we expand into fourth through sixth grade as well to try to um, remediate those children that have passed the third grade reading and are not reading on level. Because that's kind of the whole point, right? Kids who receive early intervention education, Head Start and programs like this, if they're not receiving that ongoing support, they'll lose, you know, that benefit that they had at an early age. Exactly. So there was a famous, um, well, I guess famous in our circle, study in Vander uh, out of Vanderbilt that really showed that, that um, Head Start early intervention is wonderful, but the effects of it were not shown by third grade if the support wasn't continued. And so All Memphis sort of sees itself as an intervention and um, curriculum that keeps that early intervention going, keeps the momentum of the students learning going until they hit that third grade level. I mean, I think that's what we need as a city. If one out of five, what is it, one out of five students between third and fifth grade are reading on level, we're in a literacy crisis in Memphis. Absolutely. And it's not, to your point, the kid's fault. It's how we're deciding to teach kids. And we need to radically rethink how we're doing that to meet their needs. Exactly. And we're a very research-based program. So what we've done is we've spent a lot of time pouring over the research and asking the question, why are the kids failing? Why are they not reading? Um, and again, what we keep coming back to is it's not the student. You know, they've grown up in adverse situations, a lot of them. And so maybe their brains are different. But the fact is the curriculums that they're getting aren't catered to who they are as learners. So you could have the best curriculum, um, mainstream curriculum that was written for a different population. So uh, a curric traditional curriculums are written for the majority, the white, affluent, formally educated student. And so when you take those wonderful curriculums and you put them in the schools that we're working in, that's just not going to work for that student. They need something that's developed a little bit more, a lot more towards the way that they're learning. Um, and all Memphis has seen through the research that if they miss out on the sensitive period of language development and birth to three, they're just learning differently and they need a different curriculum. And that's another aspect of your curriculum too, is that it's culturally relevant. Like, I mean, that's a critique we see of standardized testing across the board is that it doesn't test knowledge necessarily. It tests how close your knowledge base is to that of the middle class. Right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. And so we've taken this um, sort of the Orton-Gillingham approach, which is, as you mentioned earlier, usually for a more affluent community. And we've tried to incorporate, um, you know, change some things about the keywords that we're using, the sentences, um, the instruction to make it more culturally relevant to the students that we're working with. So 
um, as we're wrapping up here, what are the other important things that you wish people understood about literacy, people who work in education, people who support our children? What are we not necessarily understanding? I think one of the biggest things that needs to change um, sort of systemically is have more time to teach these children to read. So it's very difficult to teach a child to read that needs extra support in a 20 minutes phonics block per day and then try to put a book in their hands and have them be able to comprehend. I think there needs to be a shift in the way that we understand um, the need of teaching these children to read requires more time and more resources put into that. So that's one of the big things. And then the other big thing is that there shouldn't be any um, reason why students in the schools that we work with in underserved populations shouldn't be able to read. They shouldn't be able to get the same quality literacy um, exposure as a student um, in a higher class school would be. And if folks want to learn more about your work or want to get involved in some way, how can they find out more about you? Um, Absolutely. So the best thing to do is go to our website. So that's allmemphis.org. They can reach out to us. There's email addresses on there. Um, If they are interested in being a partner school with us, if they know of a school that might be interested in partnering, um, but also to donate, um, to be able to help provide um, the financial support will help us reach more students um, so they can feel free to donate as well. Great. Thank you so much. And uh, you can check out our coverage, especially around around issues of early childhood education on highgroundnews.com. You can follow this podcast and others from The Daily Memphian on Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. Thank you. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Education on HighGroundNews.com. You can follow this podcast and others from The Daily Memphian on Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. Thank you. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.